Hello and welcome to the Estate Planners Podcast. My name is Anthony Brinkman and this is the place for will writers, estate planners and solicitors that are interested in learning the tips, tools and technicalities to best help their clients. This is episode 29 entitled An Awkward Situation. This podcast has now been running for well over a year and I'd like to start by just saying thank you to all of the loyal listeners for following, liking, sharing and for sending all of the very kind feedback that I've received over the last 12 months or more. It's all very much appreciated. Surprisingly, I've spent very little time so far talking about lasting powers of attorney But recently, a case came across my desk which was just too much of an illustration of why they're so important not to share it with you. The story starts about 10 years ago when we did a will for a gentleman, let's call him Mr Smith, that wanted to put his affairs in order. At that meeting, the consultant established that he has a partner that he has been with for about 40 years. Let's call her Ms Jones. He had one child from his first marriage. He and his partner didn't live together all the time as she had her own property, but they spent most days together. The partner was present at the meeting and for the most part she kept herself to herself. She wasn't interested in discussing her own situation and frequently left the room pottering about and then she came back in and sat down and listened to what was going on. The discussion included putting lasting powers of attorney in place and giving the partner a right to occupy the property if she wished. However, both of those options were declined. The will left everything to his partner with his daughter as the reserve beneficiary. Although there were some concerns about undue influence, the fact was that the daughter was perfectly self-sufficient and the consultant at that time ensured during moments when they were alone that Mr Smith was deciding under his own free will what the disposition of his estate would be. About a year ago, Mr Smith contacted us again to update his will. He was now keen to ensure that his partner had the option to live in his property if he passed away before her, but wanted his daughter to ultimately inherit the house. He also wanted to put LPAs in place in case he was to lose mental capacity. He wanted his partner to be the first choice of attorney with his daughter as reserve. In the will, his partner was to be the first choice of executor and again, daughter as reserve. As he owned his own house outright and with relatively little other savings, the option of a lifetime trust was discussed and he decided he wanted the security that the trust would give. So a full package of services was undertaken. Trust, will, LPAs, advance directive and document storage. Ms Jones was present at the meeting too, and again she kept herself to herself. Naturally, the consultant turned to her to see what planning she needed. Ms Jones was oddly quiet and quite flatly refused to engage very much. Although the consultant was a little bit concerned about this, she could see the notes from the previous service and the pattern of behaviour was consistent with what had occurred at that time. With Mr Smith all signed up and instructions taken, the office produced draft documents and sent them out. There was some correspondence for a few months where minor details were being changed, but Mr Smith was not committing to production of the final documents, with various reasons given for stalling. 
In the end, almost nine months after the original meeting, and with matters still not concluded, another meeting was arranged for mid-December. It was at this point that the real reason for stalling became evident. When the consultant arrived, she was met by Mr Smith at the front door, and they walked into the hallway. The thing that struck her straight away was the state of the house, which was in some disarray. As they approached the kitchen, Ms Jones was stood in the doorway in her pyjamas and refused to move. She aggressively challenged Mr Smith about who this woman was. Mr Smith was embarrassed and tried to calm down Ms Jones, explaining that the consultant was here to help get their affairs in order and do some paperwork. This didn't work at all and Ms Jones simply wouldn't let them out of the hallway. She insisted on seeing the consultant's ID and when it was presented, she claimed that it was a fake ID and that the consultant was not who she said she was. It was quite clear that Ms Jones did not have full mental capacity. In addition to the aggression, she was not making sense and kept asking the same questions repeatedly. Eventually, after spending over 10 minutes in the hallway, they managed to persuade Ms Jones that they all needed to take a seat in the kitchen. Rather uncomfortably, Ms Jones would not let the consultant look at her, and she would say things to Mr Smith to relay to the consultant, despite the consultant being sat right next to her. She would ask a question via Mr Smith, who would have to relay it to the consultant, and the consultant would have to tell Mr Smith the answer for him to then tell Ms Jones. She quite rudely and abrasively refused to answer any of the consultant's questions and would interrupt Mr Smith when he was answering questions. In an attempt to establish whether Ms Jones might just have the capacity to put LPAs in place for herself, the consultant suggested that there might still be an ability to do them, but she flat out refused to even think about it. Then, two minutes later, would ask what they were. The explanation was given, which she claimed she didn't understand, and would ask for another explanation. Then, would refuse to think about it again. She said at one point that she did not trust Mr Smith, so wouldn't want him to act for her. Then, she would say she didn't understand again. This incredibly difficult situation was well navigated by the consultant, who managed to establish a few key facts. Ms Jones no longer spends any time at her own house, and lives permanently with Mr Smith. There had been a recent incident where they had gone to the bank for Ms Jones to draw out some money, and the bank had refused as they were concerned about her state of mind, and exactly what Mr Smith was doing accompanying her to withdraw cash without an LPA in place. When addressing the matter of Ms Jones being the primary attorney, primary executor, and one of the trustees, the consultant was cut across and shut down by Ms Jones. Every time the subject was brought up, often quite subtly and sensitively, Ms Jones either interrupted or would have her explain things that had already been explained. The consultant's assessment was that there was some limited understanding on the part of Ms Jones and that she was exaggerating her non-comprehension and memory loss. That said, it became quite evident that she definitely did not have anywhere near enough capacity to herself put LPAs or a will in place even if she wanted to, which she didn't. This meeting ended with the consultant saying that she would need to consult with the legal team at the office and come back out to see them in the new year. So, Mr Smith is effectively now the full-time carer for his partner of over 40 years that has lost mental capacity to a great extent. 
that loss of capacity is manifesting as aggression, significant lack of short-term memory, a major lack of understanding, and an overbearing insistence on being involved in anything that Mr. Smith is doing. Mr. Smith, who clearly cares deeply for his partner, is unable in his character to stand up to Ms. Jones and acquiesces to her irrationalities in the belief that this is making things easier for her. What really needs to happen is, of course, that the consultant has some time alone with Mr. Smith to discuss the arrangements honestly and openly that he is making in his will, LPAs and trust. What's more, as this is now the fourth visit, and almost a full year has passed since the initial instructions were taken, something needs to be done quickly. The next visit is arranged for early January. Clearly Ms. Jones cannot be the executor, attorney or trustee. So new documents are prepared without her included. Ideally, there would be someone in addition to Mr. Smith's daughter that is included in the documents, but his granddaughter is not yet old enough and there is no indication from any of the meetings that there is anyone else close enough to step in. Arrangements are also made for the daughter to be present at that next meeting so she could assist Ms. Jones whilst the consultant gets some time alone with Mr. Smith. On the day of the meeting, as the consultant walked up the garden path, she sees that the bushes and the small front garden have lots of bits of paper strewn around. She then spots that some of the bits of paper are actually banknotes. Once again, she's met at the door by Mr. Smith, and after she has helped him to pick up all of the money, it seems that Ms. Jones has been throwing things out of the upstairs window all that morning. As they make their way into the kitchen, Ms. Jones is stood in the middle of the room, again in her pyjamas, but this time holding a knife. Not really what you would want to see after the events of the previous meeting. However, there was something a little bit different about Ms. Jones. The aggressiveness didn't seem to be there, but was replaced by a nervousness and some vulnerability. She seemed upset and griefy, for want of a better word. This time, the consultant was hugged after the knife had been put down, and Ms. Jones had a weep on the consultant's shoulder. She didn't really understand what the consultant was doing there, or even really who she was. She had apparently spent all night moving furniture around downstairs and hadn't slept. She kept saying that she wanted her mother, and was talking about her mother in the present tense, despite the fact that her mother had been dead for many years. For most of the appointment, Ms. Jones wanted to hold the consultant's hand, which made writing quite difficult, but perhaps the most upsetting thing of all was that she had forgotten how to sit down. I know that might sound hard to believe or hard even to comprehend, but literally she simply could not make her body comply to sit down in a chair. No matter how much coaxing or support or assistance they all provided, she simply could not bend her legs or command her body to sit in a chair. Throughout this appointment, the consultant reported that there were brief moments when Ms. Jones seemed completely lucid and coherent. It was only when suddenly she would then add in a question such as, do you know if my mother is going to be here soon? That it was again clear that she was not there at all. Midway through this appointment, Mr. Smith's daughter arrived. She was able to distract Ms. Jones for long enough that the consultant could have a few minutes alone with Mr. Smith. 
This valuable few minutes were enough for her to get Mr. Smith to see how potentially dangerous it would be to appoint Ms. Jones as his attorney, executor and trustee. She completely sympathised with his intention not to upset Miss Jones. As a gentleman of sound mind, he of course could see the folly in it, and agreed to make the necessary changes. This upset him to admit it. Perhaps he'd been dueling with himself that she might be able to come back from her condition, and that somehow this quite official and formal action acknowledged that she was not ever going to recover sufficient capacity to act for herself, let alone for someone else. Even just those few minutes away from Mr. Smith had greatly upset Miss Jones, and she was visibly relieved when she came back into the room to be with him. The consultant left the appointment with Miss Jones still unable to figure out how to sit down, and we were able to start the process of putting the new paperwork together without the inclusion of Miss Jones. So I wanted to tell you this story, firstly because of the quite extreme nature of the condition and the awkward situation that it put both the consultant and Mr Smith in, as well as how the consultant handled it. And the other reason is because it does illustrate the vast importance of LPAs. Ms Jones is not physically unwell. This is entirely to do with her mental capacity, and being physically okay, she might well be alive for many more years to come. But Mr Smith, who is himself almost 80 years old, is not likely going to be able to cope for very much longer without help. One thing that I didn't say at the start of the story was that original consultant, the one that saw Mr Smith over 10 years ago, was me. I'm pretty good at this job, if I say so myself, and I'm pretty good at helping clients to overcome their irrational reasons for not going ahead with services that need to be put in place. And I'm pretty good with people in general. But despite this, I'd not been able to get Mr. Jones to go ahead with the right to reside in the will or with the LPAs back at that point 10 years ago. And more importantly, I'd not been able to engage Ms. Jones very much at all. My recollection of that meeting stands out in my memory for that reason. There are only a handful of times working with clients since the late 90s that I've not been able to get someone to relax and engage in the process, and this was one of them. I distinctly recall Ms. Jones not warming to me at all, and the awkwardness of the meeting, therefore, with Mr. Smith, who was a very personable and pleasant man. With Mr. Smith, I was made to feel very welcome in his home, and the service was clearly appreciated, whereas Ms. Jones made me feel about as welcome as a dead cat at a wedding. I recall that the meeting had started out with the usual questions about why I'm there and what they were looking to do. Mr. Smith has said that he wanted to do this and he wanted to do that, all in the singular. I'd asked Ms. Jones a few questions, and all she had said was that I'm not doing any of this, in a quite curt and slightly rude fashion. And yet, she was there, paying close attention to everything that we were doing. I recall thinking to myself that there was going to be an awkward moment approaching in the meeting where I'd have to ask for a few minutes alone with Mr Smith. But fortunately, she had at some point got up and started pottering about and occasionally started to leave the room. The unusual living arrangement certainly prompted me in the direction of more comprehensive planning, but I just couldn't get Mr to budge on going ahead with anything more than a basic will. Years later, 
And now it's rather too late for Ms Jones to do anything other than a statutory will and a deputyship order. Fortunately, of course, Mr Smith is getting his affairs in order. But what a very awkward situation for the consultant to have to navigate. Ms Jones's condition had clearly heightened her nervousness and her feeling that she had to be involved in everything. She seemed to understand enough to know when the subject came up of her not being capable of being an attorney or trustee and making that conversation almost impossible to address. She was literally with Mr Smith 24-7 without any reprieve or any moments alone. Had it not been for Mr Smith's daughter, who was able to be with her for just a few minutes whilst the consultant had that open and honest discussion, well, I'm not sure how that would have been addressed, but we would have had to have found some solution. Perhaps even just have that conversation despite Ms Jones's protests. Moreover, Mr Smith is also soon going to have to start having conversations with carers or possibly care homes as he will not be able to cope much longer. So yes, what we do is important. Caring enough for the person or the people that you're seeing to really get them to look at their planning. Asking the question just one more time or having that awkward and uncomfortable conversation, it's worth it. Sometimes it takes seeing a client in this type of situation or for you hearing about a client in these extreme circumstances to remind ourselves of the value of the job that we do. Compliments, of course, to the consultant who handled this in the end, Jen, and managed to navigate this distinctly difficult and, as the title of the episode states, very awkward situation. I hope you found this interesting and useful. I wish you all the very best until the next episode, and as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>